The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I got a great episode for us today, but first and foremost, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Uh, You can find the link to that in the description of every episode here. I have hats, I have shirts, I have coffee mugs, you name it, I have it on there. Uh, If you sign up right now through the month of July... And August, you will also get 5% off of your first purchase with the promo code WELCOME. Uh, so check it out. I got a lot of great stuff. It also helps me fund my comedy career, so I really appreciate anything that you guys can. But I do understand with the wonderful economy that we're in. But all that being said, my guest today actually just recently found out we grew up like not that far away from each other. We actually went to the same high school. Brennan Seacrest joins the show. Brennan, thanks for joining, buddy. Oh, absolutely not. It's an honor. So, I mean, let's dive right into it. We both grew up in West Virginia, uh, basically pretty much from the same area, only a couple miles away from each other. We actually went to the same high school in Brook, but then you transferred to Weirton Madonna. Why the transfer from Brook to Weirton, and what kind of helped that decision? Yeah, so my original plans straight out, I mean, you grow up, I was actually from Fallensby originally, and then I ended up moving to Weirton whenever I made the switch to Madonna. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, everybody you watch, you grow up, you watch Brook football, everybody knows the legendary um, Coach Billiard, and you obviously want to play for a team like that, somebody that's, uh, I mean, I would say one, one of the, at a certain point, legendary football teams. Um, I had some family, some some cousins and stuff like that that played for their uh, back-to-back state um, championship run teams. And uh, growing, growing up, that was obviously like a pretty like a achievement for me that was definitely in, in, in reach. I mean, it was, uh, I played football since I was in second grade. It was a very, very 
good thing to grow up in, in Brook County at the time. But then as time went on, uh, the team started to go downhill a little bit. And I actually got involved um, in a basketball program out of Wheeling that kind of gave me a little bit of exposure for other schools out there. And I didn't really plan on transferring. My brother was a senior at the time. Um, he was two years older than me. He played Brook football. Uh, he was a guy who who bled green and gold. I mean, he, he, he really liked the atmosphere there. And me being a sophomore, and I wasn't really – I only played football my freshman year. Um, we we were kind of set on me graduating from Brooke, too, at the time. But then I got exposed to a couple other schools. And originally – actually, Madonna wasn't my first school. Steubenville Central was. Um, a couple guys, um, Mike and Jack Rook, actually – exposed me to um Steubenville Central at one point and whenever I mean I, I, I really honestly had no intentions of transferring at the time but they were really persistent with it they kind of like got me out there and were taking me to some open gyms and stuff like that for basketball of course not even football and I really liked the idea Brooke was going downhill at the time uh, it was a very it, it was a very uh lackluster atmosphere I mean there, it wasn't what it used to be so I was open to the idea and it ended up putting me um, two weeks out from school, that would have been the summer of 2018. And, um, I was kind of getting ready for the, for my junior year. And I wasn't, I wasn't happy with staying at Brooke. Um, so I, I entertained the idea and I was enrolled for two weeks in the uh, Steubenville Central schools. And whenever I did that, uh, I think it was two weeks before school started, I got a call from the, from the, um, principal saying, you're not going to be able to play sports here since you live in West Virginia and you have to be in Ohio. So I was like, that's, that's not, a, that's not completely a deal breaker for me. I want to do some more research, whatever. And I thought about just going to school there, but then, um, the principal at, uh, we're at Madonna actually knew my mom, um, Mr. Lesho, Mr. Jamie Lesho. And I ended up going on a visit there. I mean, this is probably a week before school and it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, a pretty easy choice after that. I mean, I think, I still think today, to this day that, um, Madonna's probably going to Madonna was, was the best decision I made. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I came in after the Bud Billiard days, uh, right into the Dave Ryder days of, Brook football, and they still had that culture there. But I, once I graduated, I mean, after those two back-to-back state championship ran teams, you know, I, I went back to a couple of games, and I'm just like, this isn't the Brook football that I grew up playing, and like, this isn't what I just graduated from. So you're not wrong; the team has gone downhill. Yeah. Right? I mean, a complete rebuilding process for sure needs to be done. And, and absolutely, and that's going to happen with those schools in, in, in West Virginia football, absolutely, but I would definitely say now they're they're, they're on a better track at this point. I, they're, they're starting to turn it around, and I know they're lessening their schedule and stuff like that, but you're going to have to because Brooke isn't the school that it used to be. There isn't the thousands of kids anymore, you know what I mean? Right. I mean everybody talks about going down to double A and stuff like that because they're a triple A team, but uh, no, yeah, it's definitely... Definitely a thing that it was a wise decision. Whoever made that decision to start playing some smaller schools around the area rather than going and playing the Martinsburgs that are tenant or whatever they're for 10 years, they've won championship after championship. So yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that's pretty rough. Yeah. We, I mean, playing the Parkersburgs, the Parkersburg Souths when I was there, just those big corn fed kids down in the bottom state of West Virginia. Yes. You know, it was, it was, it was a tough atmosphere. I even remember when I was there, we played, uh, two inner city schools. One was from Anacostia DC and then Taylor Alderdice from Pittsburgh. Like, 
Yep. Those were like the two kind of smaller end schools and the kind of that process that was starting there. Um, and yeah. the, the DC school didn't even have a facility. Like their all their games were away games because they didn't That's have this, a stadium. Yeah. Like it's like, why are we playing this team? Like, why, <laughs> do we really need an extra win that bad? Like, yeah. yeah. And that was and that was something that uh, I'll never forget. The part of Brook history now for sure was I, I think the equivalent to those teams were. Um, whenever my brother was there, they played a school. This would have been in the 2017 season, um, Pittsburgh Perry. And I don't know if you remember all the stuff that happened with that. I mean, there was all kinds of, all kinds of stuff blown around on CNN and everything like that. And it was like, it wasn't, it, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking any credit away from Pittsburgh Perry and their football team, but it was a school that, you know what I mean? You step out, you step out and you go play a team that's far away. And then we get all of this. We, we receive all of this crap from all of these schools and stuff and it's just like it it, it gets it got to be pretty hectic but it was just a horrible situation and it completely misread (laughs) a a misread on both ends so it was that was that was absolutely wild 100 percent. it's like people giving Steubenville big red all this flack we're going to playing teams in michigan and you know they're playing teams completely out of state but Steubenville Big Red is still a powerhouse in football. You know what I mean? Like they oh, they've earned absolutely. the right to play those teams, and it's like, yeah, they're not going to play Brook every year because they got tired of kicking the crap out of us every year. I mean, it it, yeah, it's, it yeah. is what it is. I still remember. I don't know who fudged up this scheduling, uh, but they scheduled Big Red the homecoming game. I believe it was my sophomore or junior year. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> we schedule the toughest team on our schedule for homecoming. Like it was a sad dance the next day. I can tell you that. It was much. So that sad. was a sad dance. It was a sad day. <laughs> Somber. You could tell all the football players were limping in. We were all just still beat up from the game the night before. It was. It was. It was a rough game. Like I, as a sophomore, I didn't play much. I got a lot of playing time that game. That tells you how <laughs> how bad the game actually was. But oh, I'm sure. So um, coming out of where we came, I know because um, I also swam at Brook too, as well as playing football. So I know what the recruiting process was like for me as a swimmer. What was the recruiting process like for you coming out of Weird Madonna and just the area in general that we came from in Brook County? I would honestly, I, I think whenever I think of recruiting, the first, the first person, I mean, if you can attach a person to a recruiting process, um, for me, I definitely can. Um, whenever I got to Madonna, uh, it, he was just a teacher for me. It was kind of that football coach. It was a, the health teacher. I think everybody, everybody has one of those or like gym teacher, maybe history right. to whatever. And, uh, coach Darren Hicks, I would definitely, I, I have, uh, I mean, we still talk to this day. Um, just an absolutely one of a kind person. Uh, I didn't play football actually the first year that I got to Madonna because I didn't come out of Brook playing football, but I got a couple phone calls from the AD and the head coach my senior year. And they were like, well, we'd like to have you out. And I mean, that was a pretty cool experience within itself because you go to Madonna, you're used to a big Brook high school that is, I would, I would say about 50 some kids to a roster, maybe, maybe a little bit more whenever you get into the summers and stuff like that down to a 22, a 22 man roster. Uh, like you, you can't even really scrimmage in practice. You can't do much of anything in practice. I mean, Madonna was that small just compare. I mean, that's on the football side of things. If you compare the schools in general, um, I went from having like 200, a, a little over maybe in the mid two hundreds at Brook in my, uh, graduating class. But it, it, Madonna, I think I had 36 or 34. <clears throat> so it was a very, very different atmosphere. But, um, yeah, Coach Hicks, he, he really put me out there. Um, 
he, he was just a guy that always believed in, and we had we had our our four i would say i uh, unusual team has four captains we had six captains um my senior year and uh i would say within he really let, like gave us the, the keys to the team and and let us do our thing i mean there was times where we were down um, i'll never forget the game against against Carrick we were down 20 points that were going about to go into the half um there was an accidental timeout called the story on that was we were marching down the field it was just kind of run the ball run the clock out and uh the the ball was set i think at the opposite side of the hash so the referee was running across and uh one of our assistant coaches called a timeout and our head coach coach hicks actually took his headset off already he was like ready to head head in and somebody yelled timeout well they granted us the timeout so now he was all po'd on the sideline he wanted to get into the half we're down 20 to nothing and they said you know what let's take a shot and that was actually the second game of the year that was my first touchdown of the year. We did a, uh, it was, I think we were sitting right about like the 45 to the 50 yard line. And, uh, we, we just th- took a shot, threw a pass down and, uh, it was about a 50 yard touchdown. Put us, it was, I think we failed the two point conversion. It was 20 to six at halftime. We ended up winning that game 34 to 26. So that was, I mean, he was just kind of that guy though. He, it was, we were, we were faced with adversity and he was, he was a guy that he didn't want, he, he would take it all on him, but he wanted us to handle it however we would. And that was the same thing with the recruiting process. Um, whenever it came down to the end of the season, uh, we ended up, we were, um, we lost in the first round of the playoffs against a uh, Doddridge County school that was one of the best, uh, I would say, outside of Wheeling Central. They're obviously the powerhouse in single way now, but, um, Whenever that game was over with, he kind of, we sat down and we talked and he said, what, like, what's your plans now? And at the time running track and playing basketball as well, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I had so much fun and I, like it re-sparked the love for, for football again. And I'll never, this is a guy that I, I like, I still don't feel like I gave, I gave enough thanks to. Um, I came in and, and honestly, before I get into this too, I can honestly say I have so many friends outside schools that their high school coaches didn't do much for them. And I'm so blessed that, that I did have a coach that was willing to do anything. And he's already, I mean, he's traveled, I think 48 out of the 50 States and a lot of those States he's coached in and whether it's college, high school, whatever. So he had a lot of connections. And uh, I can honestly say I, I walked in on a, uh, it was a Monday morning after a weekend. Um, he, brings me into the library and sits me down and he had emails and he just started scrolling through. And at the time I didn't really know what they were. It was 171 schools that he reached out to across, across the, across the country that he was sending emails out to of my highlighting tape, all my stats and everything like that. And I mean, he said, check your email about it about lunch. And I did. And I got like 60 emails back from all these schools. And I mean, some, some were all the way stretched all the way to California. So, I mean, some of them were not feasible for me, but at the same time I had options. I had all of the, all of these options. And, uh, I visited, I think I visited about six schools. Some were farther than others. And, uh, I think one of the more unique schools that I visited was Concordia University in Michigan, just because I'm not used. I mean, obviously we have bad winters here. We have, we have (laughs) good summers and bad winters, but you go out to Michigan, that, that is different. That is a different, I mean, different culture, just how they, how everything's set up out there. It's all flat. And, um, we, uh, to go out there for my visit, there was already like three foot of snow on the ground that was all pushed off, whatever. And there's probably a, a half a foot on the road. And, um, we, whenever I got out there, it was, it was very unconventional for a, for a college campus. And I wasn't sure of being that far anywhere. It was about four and a half hours away. And that's whenever I really had to uh, assess my options. I really had to look at everything. Bethany, the, the offer from Bethany was, of course, on the table at the point. 
Um, but then I ended up going out to Marion University in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis, um, who was the connection there was Coach Hicks had a, um, a coaching. I think it was at Texas. I want to say Texas State. Um, he coached with the head coach out there at Marion at the time, Coach Henniger. And Coach Henniger gave me a call. I went out there on a couple visits. I ended up actually, his son was the quarterback. He was my grade. I ended up developing a relationship with his son. And uh, it was it was actually, it was a really cool experience. We were all, it was, it felt like a brother to me. I was like my second family out there. And um, I was really blessed to have that, but that was short-lived. And I ended up eventually coming back on, on my way back to um, uh, West Virginia I called Coach Upton and said, hey, we talked about, you know, where, where things would be if I didn't work out here. Do you still have a spot for me at Bethany? And that's, that's, that's honestly, I would say that's the whole – and honestly, Marion kind of felt like a recruiting uh, opportunity for me as well because if I didn't go out there, I don't feel like I would have had the knowledge that I have now and some, some of the skills and stuff like that. So it was a really cool experience out of high school and honestly that first, that first COVID year of, um, of Marion. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know you went to an NAIA school first with Marion, then you transferred to Bethany uh, for football originally. Yes. Then from Bethany, you went to West Liberty to play or to run track and field. So what was that? Was that decision solely made on the track and field or what was the reason for the switch to to West Liberty University? We'll be back after a quick break. Big labia energy. What if I eat a little cheese every day? <laughs> Just keep it. It's like I have a tolerance. Yeah, for cheese. Good Same job with cats. Your tolerance. Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day, <laughs> starting at the tail and just ate a little bit, then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of we're an acceptable talking about scenario. A feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe it could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> Being that I being that I came and um, had such a good like a very good player coaching relationship um, it, with with not only Coach Garvey and Coach Upton but uh, all the coaches honestly I mean I I, I can honestly say I, I don't think a coach walked out of there and maybe I could be so wrong but I don't think a coach walked out of, out of that coaching the, the coach's office with having a bad taste about me in their mouth I, I'm not that person I'm not I'm not one to go against um, a captain's words so. Um, but no, it was a very, I had a very close relationship with them and how they recruited me and how that, how they treated, uh, it was a mutual respect and it was a very, a very good thing that we had. So whenever they, um, were getting fired ultimately this past year, uh, my brother who graduated, um, from Brooke in 2018, he went to run track at West Liberty and he was there for all, all four of his years. So being around that, I mean, track is a very social sport, especially compared to football. Um, right. It's a very, it's not, it's not as hard nosed, and uh, you really get to meet more people, talk to more people, and me just going to his track meets and stuff. Uh, a couple of those coaches recruited me for track out of high school, but they knew that I was going to play football. So um, being at track meets and stuff like that, he really, uh, he really got me involved with some of his teammates and stuff like that, and his his coaches. And whenever I was making the switch, one of their coaches reached out to me and said. Uh, it was actually the track meet and I was still at Bethany and, um, or I, I had just now entered the transfer portal and he said, he reached out to me and said, like, 
you know what, we, we would really like to have you on the track team. We know you still have it in you just watching you play football and stuff like that, which was really baffling to me because I hadn't run track since my junior year of high school. My senior year, I didn't even get a year because of the COVID, all of COVID and everything like that. But uh, no, yeah, it was definitely my brother kind of helped me out with that and uh, got me involved in West Liberty track. And I can honestly say West Liberty track is a very family oriented thing. Whenever they reached out to me, they kind of said, this is how we're going to take care of you. That uh, You're basically family to us from being around for these four years. So that's, I'm, I'm blessed to have that opportunity and I'm, I'm excited to get back out on the track. Yeah, that sounds great. So you work now, if my math is correct, which is probably not because uh, you know, yet math, not great. You're entering your, <laughs> what would be what your senior year of, College? Junior. junior, my junior year, year yeah. junior year in the classroom. But I have honestly, I, I could, I could really honestly say I don't know where I'm at on the track because the football. I would have three years. I would have three years of eligibility left for football. But I don't know where I stand with track, and I don't know because I've never ran track before. I don't know if I have three or four because being that I've never ran track before. So I, I could have three, I could have four. I'm not real sure, but if I make it, if, if I make it that far anyway, I'd, I'd honestly be pretty surprised because that'll mean that I need extra schooling. And with my plans to to graduate, I don't think I'm going to need that necessarily. But we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent on that yet. If it's anything like it was when I you should when I played, you should have four years of track left since you you did yeah, run track. Which I hope. So, I mean, you know, yeah, so yeah. you should have that yeah, option for, sure. for you. Uh, but a couple of fun things I want to talk about being at Bethany, you've obviously played for former guests of the show, uh, coach Garvey and coach Upton, as well as the wonderful manager of the show, Johnny Fitty Falcone. I believe he was yes, still sir. coaching there when you were there. Uh, Absolutely. so what fun stories do you have about them? Um, especially Fitty. Everybody loves a good Fitty story. So, I mean, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so Whenever I first met um, Coach Falcone, uh, he was uh, he was on my brother's visit in twenty. I want to say it was twenty seventeen, and uh, couldn't really remember him from much from that visit. But then whenever I got there, it was also kind of a part of my visit, and so it was, it was like reliving. It was we we jumped in a time uh, time machine and went back. But uh, I didn't really I didn't really know him much. I got I got back on the field after I had transferred from Marion, and. Uh, Going out on the field, I, I was I was there to be a wide receiver, and uh, a good fitty story is walking out on the field and getting done with my wide receiver drills, only for special teams to start. And normally, on a special whenever special teams start, and you're a skill player, you don't necessarily do much. <laughs> so uh, you walk, you kind of we're walking around, we're kind of just if we're letting the special teams guys do their things, the kickers do their things. And uh, at the time we were having a little bit of a punt. We were in the, we we're in a little bit of a pinch for a punter. So uh, we didn't really know what all was going to happen. Um, a couple of our punters were hurt. And so I walk over and I'm just kind of BSing with, with Fiddy. And he was like, well, here, kick this ball. So take this, I take this ball off of him as a wide receiver. I'm like, I'll, I'll go ahead and punt this ball, punt the ball. He was like, ah, you need a lot of work there. So, Go ahead and walk over a couple couple minutes past. He comes he comes back over to me. He's like, try again. So I kick another one. It was a it was a pretty good punt. He's like, all right, well, we, we might need you for the next practice. And about every single day for the next uh two, two and a half weeks in this <clears throat> brutal winter season where we were about to play in the spring, but we're out there in February. He was handing me handing me footballs just 
telling me to punt him. And then by, by week one, I walked out as a starting punter and I'm here to be a wide receiver. So I kind of blame Falcone for that to go ahead and say, uh, you know what, buddy, I, I don't know if I really wanted to punt, but I mean, you just kept throwing the ball into my hand, but, uh, no, it, it was honestly a very, very cool experience for me to walk out there. Cause I, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people mess around with punting, but I didn't even punt in high school to walk out there as a, as a wide receiver, wide receiver slash punter was a, was a very, uh, very unique experience for me, especially because Falcone kind of put the put the ball into my hand for that. But um, no, yeah, he was honestly a day in and day out. A great guy. I mean, he was. It was always. It was. It was really cool reconnecting with him after he had already went to went to Cleveland and came back and uh, see him at the track meets and stuff like that. Great conversations, and it's always it's always a fun time with Fitty. <laughs> Absolutely, I know. I mean, I wish I had a third of that man's energy uh, because. Oh. Uh, there's times where I'm still sleeping. It's like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and I hear my phone start dinging. And <laughs> I look over, and it's him, like already up, been to the gym, already showered, and already has eaten his breakfast. I'm just opening my eyes because he's <laughs> texting me, and my wife loves it so much too, as well. Uh, I'm getting a look right now as uh, as we're talking about it, <laughs> but yeah, she yeah, it's it's great. But I mean, I'm normally up early. I'm not up quite that early. Uh, oh Fitty, yeah, he's, but he he seems like a very early riser. You he was that same mentality on the football field. He was ready to get in, get work done, and get out because he was ready for the next uh, tackle, the next thing on his day. Yeah. I, I always say, I mean, this dude goes like mock Jesus with his hair on fire from the time he opens his <laughs> eyes to the time he closes them. Like he just does not stop. I love the man to death, but. Oh. He just, he just, he just doesn't stop. Like, I mean, pants are on fire all the time. No, always. yeah, I and mean, it was the same thing. Same thing on the field. If you, if you caught him not moving up and down the sideline, I mean, his shoes had to be worn down by the end of the game. He probably had to buy a pair of shoes for each game because the soles on his shoes were just worn down to. It looked like he was probably doing burnouts on it with his shoes on. Like, oh yeah, he, oh, yeah. he was. He's, he's definitely a very energetic guy. Absolutely. But uh, so since we grew up in the the same area, before we get into this last segment, which is my favorite segment, I want to know, you know, what were some of the fun things you did in Brook County in the greater Wheeling area growing up there? I know what I did, but it was a very different time (laughs) when I grew up. So um, what were some of the fun things you do? Probably involves a little bit of law enforcement and uh... (laughs) a couple, a couple, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of running, yeah. Uh, but what were some of the, the restaurants that you went to that you, you kind of liked? Okay, so um, whenever we uh, – first growing up, uh, I think some of my – obviously within the area, it changes so much, but there's just those few that stick around. Um, I'll, I'll throw some at you too, and you can bounce back and see if they were the same. Uh, honestly, a, a staple whenever I was younger, um, if you were going out towards Drover, I think everyone talks Drovers, about the Drovers. That, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's an easy one. Um, Drovers, but another one that was a little bit a little bit past that. And PA, uh, did you ever go to Breezy's? Breezy Breezy's Heights was really good. I, I love going. Yeah, and it was, and honestly, I think it kind of fell downhill a little bit. But you would go in there, and it was a very weird atmosphere. You'd walk in to eat your wedding soup, uh, your wedding soup, and everything else. They were they were known for their wedding soup, and you'd be staring at 
just an array of mounted animals that they, <laughs> that they had in there. A bear just watching you eat was very, uh, very intimidating to say the least, but uh, that was a good place as well. Uh, they had a little driving range on the side there. Um, but th- that was probably like more, more or less down, down the Wellsburg way. Wasn't a very big station grill guy in Wellsburg. Um, but I would say more up, up the river. Um, I would say one that I've been going to for a while now is Mario's. Uh, um, Mario's was always our kind of easy Italian cuisine that was, I mean, you, you know what you were going to get. Um, and then if, if I'm going to say Mario's, I don't know how I could forget the Carlos. I mean, we're I known for say, Carlos. If you don't say the Carlos, man, we're going to fight like real oh, yeah, if this, you don't say the Carlos is like that. Okay. So which one, which one's the best the Carlos though? Out of, out of Ooh. Wellsburg, Hooverson Heights and Weirton. Uh, I got, I, I uh, gotta say, Wellsburg's was the was the best. Steubenville's was actually a close second. Steubenville's is good. Steubenville's if is I was going to Steubenville, though, Janamore's was a. The Janamore's, Janamore's yeah. is always a hit. Which, but uh, no, I'd say Wellsburg. I'd say Tim Tim Morris runs a tight ship at, at the oh, Wellsburg, yeah. <laughs> the Carlos. So, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he has some what, good pizza down there. What about the? It's the, called the Crooked Dock now, but it was Pier Twelve when I was. Yep. Growing up, is is it still open? I mean, I don't hear yes, anybody Crooked talking Dock, about Crooked it. Crooked Dock is still it is still open. I would say it's more or less um, very. I, I haven't I haven't been consistently going there for a couple of years, but very. Uh, I mean, it's name. It's, it's the Crooked Dock. Anytime I talk to anybody that's been out on the river recently or anything like that, their their goal is to go from somewhere up up river to the Crooked Dock, eat and go back, whatever. Um, but no, I, I was just there over the 4th of July. Still a very great place. They keep on upgrading stuff. They have uh, like AstroTurf and stuff on in, 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 around the side of it. and uh, They'll hold volley, volleyball tournaments. They have a little sand pit and stuff. But it's a very cool atmosphere. It's still up and up and running. But uh, another one that was a big, a very big sleeper, but I, it just came to mind because it was right there with it, Staffelino's. Staffelino's oh. was very good. And I remember that from, I was, well, that probably shut down before I even got to middle school, but that was a, that was obviously a, a Wallsburg staple as well. Staffelino's was, we used to go there after, after games, the home games, we would all go there and kind of just decompress after the game and, you know, eat some wings and just kind of relax and all that. But yeah, that was, that was kind of our staple of where we went after, after games with Staffelino's on the river. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot still there. It seems like I have, I I I live two hours away now in Ohio, so I don't get back home as much as I would like to. But yeah. you know, when when I do, I definitely get some De Carlos and I bring it back with me. That's first oh. and foremost. I, I, you have to sometimes sometimes back. it's better the second time. I oh, mean, absolutely. it really is. That that is a pizza that is. I don't think it's unmatched for for. Uh, leftovers. I mean, that is probably the best leftover food. You, you have to, you have to save some for leftover. It's tough, but you have to save some for yeah, leftovers. Yeah. You might want to get a couple of trays, but yeah. yeah. But all right, we are running down near the end of the episode, and Fitty will kill me if I don't get this segment in. And it is the Fast Fitty Five. Five random questions from the wonderful manager of the podcast, Johnny Fitty Falcone. And Brennan, if you know Fitty, I, these questions have nothing to do with what we've been talking about this entire time, and you know how random he can get. Uh, so, if you're ready, they're kind of rapid fire, but I, I just, I'm just getting these not too long ago. So he's, he really throws me for a curveball when he sends me these, oh. like right before we record too. So this is talking about the Golden Girls and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> 
So if you if you're ready, here we go with question number one. Who is the most famous person you have ever met? We'll be back after a quick break. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Ooh, I would have to say, and I, I don't know if he's taking a shot at me from, from in, uh, I would just say in recent years, because maybe whenever I was younger, someone else, um, I don't know if he's taking this off of Instagram, because actually on my Instagram, I have it. But recently there was a photo shoot at one of my uh, close friend's house. And it was a rapper, uh, Rich the Kid. Some people may know him, some people may not. Um, but that was pretty, pretty uh, unique experience. <laughs> he came to use one of my buddy's uh, cars. He had a McLaren that he was wanted to use for a music video. And uh, that was a, a very, very unique experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. Uh, <laughs> question number two, which is a better restaurant, Red Lobster or Olive Garden? Olive Garden, oh, Red Lobster. You you go down, yeah. It's just and honestly, I'm not saying that Olive Garden is this, that, or the other. But if you've been to anywhere down along the coast, you you have you you never go to Red Lobster when you're on the when you're on the coast. There's so much better seafood than Red Lobster. So I'm gonna have to go with Olive Garden on this. One. All right, all right. Uh, number three, which town has the better restaurants? Wheeling, West Virginia, or Steubenville, which could include Wintersville because they're so close to Ohio? Oof. Um, I'm definitely going to have to deal with Wheeling. There's a couple in there. There's Figaretti's. There's a couple of nice Italian places, some good sports bars, TJ's on, on the stretch. I would say there's there's some really good in Wheeling. I, I think Wheeling's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's putting her two cents in from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> Where is she at with this? Is she saying Steubenville, Wintersville? It's just better restaurants, not just oh, Italian restaurants. Yeah. She says Steubenville, Wintersville. Now you see why me and her work well together. We have the same mentality. Uh, (laughs) At least you walk out alive from some of those places. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, question number four. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Would you fight Tyson Fury for $1 million in a boxing match? If you don't, I think, like, the question is, you should just... Completely scratch that and say, "Would you get knocked out for a million dollars?" We all know that's what's going to happen. So yeah, oh, I'll take one. Come on, one There's, knockout, a little bit of brain damage, walk away could, with a million. You could pay that. You could pay. You could fix that with a million dollars. You know. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll be it'll be all right. You we'll, know what? We'll, we'll work with that. I, I think thirty seconds because I think I could run from him for about thirty seconds until he gets that shot in. You know, thirty seconds for a million dollars. I'm I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, last question here. 
Which is the better festival to go to? The Dean Martin Fest in Steubenville, Ohio, or the Upper Ohio Valley Italian Festival in Wheeling? Oof. I'm going to go have... Uh, I'll, say, I'll say Dean Martin. Um, there's the, I mean, there's some other ones. I mean, personally, if we're going to throw in one of the best out of the area, I would have to say Community Days. I'm a Fallensby guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that at Fiddy. <laughs> I'm going to throw that at Fiddy. I'm a Fallensby guy. Community Days might top both of those, the parade and all oh, the Fallensby atmosphere. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm not, a, I'm not a big festival guy. But I can tell you what, I can get down with some, some steak sandwiches and some uh, fireworks around Community Days. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Very, I, I, not, I know. That's not a hot take, but that's what this is. There's going to be some not hot takes. <laughs> that threw me for a l- Community days in fall. Oh, we gotta love community days. That three day event might be the best three days of the whole entire year for see, me. That's my Christmas. See, when when I was younger, it was a week long event. Now they got it down That's, to three days. It was seven well, and, days. And it was a completely different location. They had it on, uh, on like in the orchard area in Fallensby. Now it's yeah, they up, sh- it's a little bit uptown. They now. shut an entire street down for a week. And yeah, yeah, and, and now it, uh, have you been? Have you heard about what it is recently? They take I, the whole back end where the community house is and the old parking lot behind yeah, the yeah. middle, and it's yeah. all the stands and stuff. And then you have the parade, and it like stretches down through downtown. But well, the parade, now I'll still stick by it as is probably the the worst take of all time for a lot of people. But I'll, I'll put I'll put some other cities. You know what? They might be in the in the top ten somewhere. But I got Fallen's be at one ever in the whole world. I got Fallensby at one. Fallensby at one, <laughs> man. You know what? I, I mean, the, that Miller, you can't beat that Miller. I'll tell you no, what. It, it, you know what? It's, it's sad, though, now that I've been away for so long. I've been in, I was in Steubenville for three years, and I've been down here in Zanesville, Ohio, for three years. When I go back now, I can smell the Miller. I never <laughs> oh. used to be able to smell it because I got so used to it, and it was just like. Starting to go in, it's like not paying attention in the car. If my wife's driving, it's like, oh, what is? Oh, I'm home. Oh, okay, we're we're, <laughs> we're in Fallensby. I can smell it. That's yeah. where it is. So, no, yeah. you're tapping each other, thinking somebody farted, and you're like, no, nope. no we're just on Main Street. <laughs> no, it, I, I I still remember uh, my uh, freshman year at Bethany. Uh, me and a couple people uh, were going. We were going to Pittsburgh for something, but we had to drive through Fallensby. And they weren't from around there at all. And I'm driving, and I remember them being like, oh, my God, who would live in this crap hole of a town? And I was like, I actually live in this crap hole of a town. Thank you very much. This is, this is my hometown that you're talking shit on right now. Uh, you know, you so, got to say it loud and proud. Oh, uh, yeah. They were like, how did you manage? I was like, it's, I mean, there's only like 2,700 people. Everybody knows everybody. Like, they were shocked. Oh. Driving through downtown, people were waving at me. They recognized me when they were driving, and I knew who they were. We were yelling to each other outside the window. It's, everybody knows everybody in that town. It's just, it's. Oh, there's a there's a real eye opener whenever you go to a, a a small a small city like that, and and what speaks volumes is when everyone knows homeless people by their names. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. They really, you go up and down the streets, you see a homeless person, you probably know their first. And maybe last name. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's a couple in Fallensby that are just legendary for that. And, I mean, that's that's something that speaks volumes because if you go through any other city, there's homeless people that are you, you don't know their name, but the, my, in Fallensby, you know their name. My, 
My wife just said, doesn't top tennis shoe, or was it tennis shoe or shoe? Tennis shoe Ernie, Ernie in Steubenville, Ohio, who would go and clean the windows. He was, he always drove around on his little Vespa and, you know, through town and he would always go, he cleaned every business's windows. I mean, mean, there's just notable, we're we're small town, we're small town in a U.S. or in small town USA in a little city where we know the homeless people. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, Brennan, we are down near the end of the episode. I give every guest this opportunity. I'm going to give you a minute if there's anything you want to get out there, whether it's a good message, anything that you've got going on that you want to help promote. I'm going to give you about a minute. The floor is yours, my man. All right. No, I appreciate that. No, I don't, I don't have uh, too much to say. I would just say, uh, I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to get on here with you. I think, I think the podcast in, in general, uh, is a very, a very new thing within the past, I would say maybe five years or so. And it, it's, it's really cool to, to get on one and, and just to, to really uh, shoot the shit and talk about whatever. So, uh, no, honestly, there's, 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 uh, not many opportunities that you get in life to take to take anything um, for granted. I would say I have taken a lot of a lot of stuff for granted through this. Just speaking on football in college, and uh, I would say for anyone out there that's in, in any sort of transferring process or any sort of swapping schools and stuff, that everybody makes that out to be a bad thing, and it's, it is really not. I, I, I reflect on that because that's what we talked about most in this podcast, but. Uh, it's very, uh, it's a very cool process, and uh, if if you're not happy where you are, I'm a person that says get out there, move around a little bit, and and see where you really like to be. Hey man, I I I love it when there is a good message to be to be had, and you know, thank you for for coming on. It's crazy to me that when. Uh, Fitty told me who, who he had got for the show. And I was like, wait a minute. I know that name. Like, I, I know that name. I don't know why I know it, but I know that name. And then you mentioned that, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I actually grew up with your cousin and hung out with him literally on a daily basis. And we played football together. <laughs> Brooke, so yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that's another thing. Small world, but really, really small town phones. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that sums it up in a nutshell. <laughs> But that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. Brandon, thank you again for coming on. This was a real treat to talk to and reminisce about the wonderful town that we grew up in and everything like that. Uh, but that's going to do it. As always, if you like the show, act like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That is going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. 
Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.